Hey there, and welcome to another Coffee and Heroes podcast. This is Starting Points, and I am your host, Roddy. With this podcast, we aim to introduce you to a new genre or new characters, something you've never read before, to get new fans and old fans into comics by simply trying to find that perfect starting point. It isn't necessarily about our favorite comics, but it's more the best places to start. Naturally, right? I'm flying solo today, as you may or may not have noticed. Um, if you imagine, this is this is more of a solo book. If our main podcast is, we compare it to you know something like the Justice League. This is more a solo, more grounded little book. Still important, but you know it doesn't have the full team, so it's just a single solo affair. So as you may have heard already, Alan tackled the DC starting points, doing an awesome job on Batman, and Keith did a spectacular job on the Marvel title as he did starting points of Spider-Man. Now, being Mr. Indie, in inverted commas, I have the gargantuan task of trying to recommend all the other titles, because basically everything else comes under the banner of Indie. At first, I thought that was kind of a challenge, but then I was like, I like a challenge, so I can do that. That means I get literally everything else. When Alan presented us with the idea of doing the starting points, I really dug it because, well, we've all been at that point where we don't really know where to start with something. And being like, you know, fandom and everything like that, and you get swamped up in your interests and your knowledge and we get so deep in the comic industry and those kind of trenches that you kind of forget that the, there's a lot of people out there that that are maybe daunted by trying to get into comics. You know, I'm sure if you walked into a comic book store, it can be a really daunting task for someone. We, as podcasters, and I know Alan and Vicky in the store in Coffee and Heroes kind of find it, that they want to have a place to start. They want to share their knowledge with people. So, yeah. I think it's cool. Always be willing to learn and be a student of something in this life is my advice. Don't think you know everything. But here we go. So I had a lot of different ideas and I thought about going, you know, my sort of forte is like image comics and I kind of wanted to do the best, you know, European stuff. But I kind of have carte blanche to do everything. So I thought I would try doing something really big. I had to match I had to match Alan and Keith, right? So I had to find that big hitter. So I present to you, starting points, Alien. Okay, so brief history lesson. Alien is a science fiction media franchise about humanity's battle with an extraterrestrial life form, commonly referred to as the Alien, or as we get to know later, the Xenomorph, in the not-too-distant future. Certainly, the first four films, our main focus is on Warrant Officer Ellen Ripley, played by Sigourney Weaver, and her fight against and her ultimate bond with the alien. With comic books and other games delving deeper into secondary characters and lore, the series was created by science fiction writer Dan O'Bannon. He also wrote Dark Star and segments in Heavy Metal, which is a great film. And it was also co-written by screenwriter Ronald Shushet. There's um, some really good, great info on these two, and I really recommend checking out the history of Alien because it's really interesting. It's a really interesting thing once you get into it, once you get past the starting points, right? So, uh, many themes in the book include motherhood, 
gender, technological concerns, morality, lack thereof, of humanity, big companies and big business. It was produced and distributed by 20th Century Studios. The series began with Alien in 1979, directed by Ridley Scott, and was followed by three sequels, Aliens in 1986, directed by Jim Cameron, and Alien 3 in 1992, directed by David Fincher, and Alien Resurrection in 1997 by Jean-Pierre Jeunet. So... In the early 2000s, 20th Century Fox attempted to revive the franchise by bringing it back to life with films based on a Dark Horse comic crossover, Aliens vs. Predator. Um, the first film was directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, and the second, AVP Requiem, was directed by the brothers Strauss. They weren't well received, and uh, I don't think we'll speak of them again on this podcast. So I did think the there's a really cool last shot in the first AVP AVP film, but I think that's about it. In 2013, Scott returned to the franchise near 35 years later with prequel Prometheus, which attempted to explain the origins of the Xenomorphs. That came after many stop-start attempts to reignite the franchise, and then that was followed up by the surprisingly good, in my opinion, Covenant in 2017, which attempted to right some of the wrongs in Prometheus, but ultimately... Both films were kind of muddied down by this convoluted lore and backstory and it ultimately ended up a bit empty and it left the series in a bit of a lull with uh, new talks of reinvigorating the series with a returning Sigourney Weaver. As you probably know, the Alien franchise is huge, spawning toys, video games, merchandise, board games, pretty much anything you can think of, including what we're here to talk about today, comic books. One of the most curious adaptations, though, you got to look this up, is Alien, the play. Obviously a very unofficial adaptation, but um, it was produced by the North Bergen High School in New Jersey. And um, yeah, just, just look it up. It's fantastic. Um, it won uh, high praise from uh, Ridley Scott, James Cameron, Sigourney Weaver, and even producer Walter Hill. Of course, the original Alien is the perfect blend of science fiction creativity, famous not only for making a star out of its lead, but also for giving hungry director Ridley Scott an opportunity to announce himself in Hollywood after a spectacular debut film. It also gave science fiction a darker side after the new hope of Star Wars in the 1970s. But really, for me, it's the themes and the iconography of the film that really sparkle and linger long after the credits roll. Um, it was the likes of legendary production designer Ron Cobb doing the sets, French artist Mobius contributing designs, and the legendary Nightmare Visions of Swiss artist H.R. Giger. It's the wonderful, crazy nightmare vision of unimaginable horror that just, that really sums up the franchise for me. So, starting points. For me, um, I kind of, it's a weird one because I grew up with alien toys before I saw any of the films. And I think that's true for a lot of those 80s franchises like Terminator and Robocop, but uh, this will go over the heads of non-Belfast listeners, so sorry about that, but um, there was this massive toy shop called Leisure World in the sort of 80s and 90s, and it was like a holy grail for kids, and you would always see those action figures in the store, and you're well aware of like what an alien was, and you, you had the idea of the alien before you actually saw the film. So it was kind of a, like a really unique way to to market something like they they had these toys but i mean 
most of the people buying the toys have they ever seen the film i don't know i think that's why i've always loved alien um i think it might be a lot i think it might be the same for a lot of our generation those images kind of stay with you forever and i love the lo-fi down and dirty science fiction that blends itself with this really unique mythology i also really like i loved alien because it didn't tell you everything forced you to ask questions of it didn't um didn't hand everything to you as an audience member and i think it's the beauty of those designs that really just linger with you completely pretty much every alien comic has been published by dark horse who acquired the rights in 1988 to make comics based on the films and they have published them ever since there is an exception though and we'll get to that but uh the day i actually recorded this was the day there was some major news regarding aliens and that was that marvel have acquired the rights to the alien comic book series so that means after 30 odd years the licensing agreement has come to an end so that's it was just a pure coincidence because i had had this kind of plan for a couple of weeks and then that that news broke so it's a really exciting time for aliens and i can't wait to see what marvel do with it dark horse have been really interesting especially in the last few years there's been some really really interesting and original content put out they've continued the main story of alien but they've also done these other things they're like there's a lot of history regarding alien and scripts that weren't used and dark horse made made these into comic books and that i thought like that's the perfect way for comic books to exist they're a great medium for doing something like an unfinished script or an unused script so it's really cool in that regard but let's get to starting points my first starting point caveat I did say almost every alien comic was published by Dark Horse apart from this one. <laughs> so, you might have remembered me talking about Dan O'Bannon who wrote sections of the Heavy Metal film. Well, Heavy Metal is a well-known publisher of comic books and back in 1979 after Alien was released, they published Alien, the illustrated story by Archie Goodwin. Perhaps best known for his work with Epic Comics and Marvel as well, where he worked on adapting Star Wars comics. The book was illustrated by Walt Simonson, an absolutely legendary comic book creator. He's maybe best known for his work on Thor and creating Beta Ray Bill too, but so so much more, an absolutely legendary career. This book mostly follows the events of the original film. It has the same characters, setting, but it's purely just worth it for Simonson's art. It's kind of he is the reason why it's so special. It's a great jumping on point because even if you've never seen Alien, this could be a great jumping on point. But if you've seen the, the films, it's it's like an interesting and unique side look because it it's the same story with a, like a, a few different things thrown in but it's also it's told in a different way and the vision is different and that, i think that's what makes it so unique there's a real sense of dread and hopelessness within this universe and you kind of get to see where it all begins it's it's a really bloody and violent book and i feel like it's a really creative book too because the design and the panel layouts especially feel in the 1970s and early 80s you know the marvel and dc books were certainly set in their ways but this one it really thrives in creating this amazing atmosphere with unique panel layouts like these gorgeous splash pages and it's really interesting to see how they make you feel claustrophobic with these splash pages like that's usually splash pages are done to open everything up so i think that's really cool heavy metal we're certainly pushing boundaries 
back in those days. And, and certainly here they get away with so much gore. There's an eerie quality to these colours in the book too. And it's it's much brighter than the film, the main alien film. But it retains the same qualities and the same sort of horror and tension too. So this book was on the New York Times bestseller list for eight weeks. And uh, while Simonson did say, and quote, I don't take any credit, it was alien. Anybody could have done it and it would have made the bestseller list. I think he's doing, him a, doing himself a disservice there because it's an absolutely gorgeous looking book and it's his art that will ultimately be the lasting legacy of it. His vision is, it's like channeled through H.R. Giger, but it's also something else and it's something unique. The alien illustrated story, I have one caveat on this one. The graphic novel is European sized, it is band de size. For you younger folk, that is black label size. But I don't think that should put you off on this one because European comics are so important and it's that size that gives you a unique perspective on it so it's well worth picking up it really is an absolutely gorgeous looking book there's some really unique and interesting things going on in it and it's great to see where it all started in comic book form it's the perfect starting point in my opinion all right so starting points number two is aliens outbreak the 30th anniversary edition so this is aliens outbreak and that's originally titled Aliens, and also known as Aliens Book 1, Aliens Volume 1, Outbreak. Outbreak is a six-issue mini-series from Dark Horse, first published bi-monthly from July 1988 to July 1989. This is the very first comic in the Dark Horse universe, and it's the very first comic in the now-extensive Aliens universe of Dark Horse. But This was something very special at the time in the 1980s, I think a comic book company picking up a license was a big gamble back in those days. Like, they didn't know how successful it was going to be. Like, you think it's kind of silly now, but that time, the style at the time, they took a gamble on this and it paid off for Dark Horse because it's still one of their best-selling series. And this, this was a huge hit for them. So it was originally published in black and white. The story was written by Mark Verheiden, penciled by Mark A. Nelson and Ron Randall. Also inked by Nelson too and lettered by Willie Schubert, edited by Randy Stradley, with cover art from Nelson himself. This was released alongside a tie-in too called Aliens, The Theory of Pro Alien Propagation. This comic was originally a direct sequel to the 1986 film Aliens, continuing the story of Corporal Noy Sergeant Hicks and Newt several years after the events of Hadley's Hope. However, the release of Alien 3 in 1992 led some of the reprinted editions to be edited and therein lies a little bit of confusion. So for this, the purposes of this one, stick to Alien's Outbreak the 30th Anniversary Edition. So this was released to tremendous fan response and the series became a massive hit. It was a direct sequel to James Cameron's Aliens. So Dark Horse had to change it, obviously, with the release of Alien 3. So that's where the confusion lies. There's Hicks and Newt become Billy and Wilkes. And then the series continues, basically. Um, it was followed by Alien's Nightmare Asylum and then Female War as well. Yeah, it's a really interesting one because it's really worth... I can't recommend reading the the follow-up reading the book as a follow-up to aliens because that's it's one of the first times i think that uh a film has had a sequel in a 
comic book, you know, and that's I think that's what makes it a great starting point. You already know a lot about the film universe, so that's a perfect jumping on point to delve a little bit deeper and expand your knowledge of the the aliens and follow characters that you already know. That's a great way to jump into the comics. However, the confusion is that a couple of years down the line, names are changed, but it shouldn't put you off. It's worth checking out the original version in black and white too, but if you really dig it, it's well worth picking up. I think there's omnibus editions too that have all all three of the collected stories in it. I can't recommend it enough because the art's absolutely gorgeous and uh, Mark Verheiden's become something of and Mark A. Nelson too, they've become somewhat iconic in in creating the universe of Alien, so it's only right you start where they started themselves, you know, be damned any sort of editorial changes, but it's well worth checking it out. Alright, so on to my third and last starting point, and that is... The most recent one, which is Aliens Dead Orbit, a four-issue limited series published also by Dark Horse in April 2017, ending in December 2017. Uh, First issue was actually released on Alien Day, believe it or not. Yeah, there is an Alien Day. Uh, The story is written, illustrated, coloured and lettered by James Stucco, edited by Daniel Chabon and Rachel Roberts. It also had cover art from Stuko himself and a couple of really cool variant covers for the first one that you should definitely check out. Dead Orbit takes place in 2295 on Sphacteria, a Weyland yutani fuel depot, way station in a rather forgotten and secluded part of space. I think you know what's going to happen. But that that's the beauty of Alien to me. It's always these like forgotten parts of space. Like It's such a great idea to have these kind of it's like these truckers in space, you know? It's this, these low-down, dirty, kind of forgotten element of humanity in space, like, kind of rotting away, but then you present them with this deadly species, and that's how you your humanity is tested, you know? It's really cool. But this one, uh, the plot pits the crew of the ship against the deadly xenomorph species, and much like the Doom crew of the Nostromo, the resources are very limited, the story is told in great, great detail. Jim Stokoe's art is fantastic. It's utterly gorgeous. There's something like neon about the colours as well, so it's really great to see this, what you kind of think of as a dark and black and grey and shadowy film series turned into this sort of neon bright uh, book. It reminds me of the Alien films picked great directors like auteur directors or directors that would become auteurs themselves the these directors with unique visions and i feel that's what dead orbit really represents it's a really unique comic book creator james stoku who was known for his work on orkstein and he also he really maybe got his vibe for drawing huge iconic creatures because he did the godzilla books as well so he really creates this beautiful nightmarish claustrophobic version of Alien but it's it's so unique and it's something you've never really seen before so I really I really really dug that it's really the story is fantastic too 
and it's not it's not like your typical alien and that's what i love about the series it's not always just xenomorph chasing people it's it's a it's a reflection of our own humanity and who we are as people and what we do it's always you know sometimes it's very basic in plot you think it is but there's a lot of themes going on especially in this book and that's that's always worth it especially with alien it's always a it's all it'll always show us at our worst but it'll also show us at our best and i think that's that's how good the alien series really is all right so that was that was our three starting points uh i hope you dug it um some other they're definitely my favorite they're up there in my favorites as well um i tried to pick books that were readily available in, in print there is i have a few others but they're kind of hard to come by obviously you can't get them on comiXology but i know that's not everyone's preferred method of reading comics but there's some other there's like an there's an archive of great alien books if these three have kind of got you interested in them i definitely recommend checking out music of the spears which has a really crazy premise um about a musician (laughs) i'm gonna say no more about that one it's really worth checking out there's also alien salvation which is Mike Mignola and Dave Gibbons, which you have to see. It's about a religious cult and aliens as well. There's a lot of really great ones. I think there's a great crossover between Green Lantern and aliens as well. That's really amazing. And obviously, maybe the the go-to one after this would be Aliens versus Predator, surely. Gotta love that sort of stuff. Anyway, so if you dug starting points, let me know what you think on the Facebook page. If you agree or disagree, I'd love to hear some some other perspectives on it. Tell me more. You can get me. I'll sometimes comment on the Facebook page. Don't have that much social media, but I'm always up for a chat with aliens. And if you have any, if you want any recommendations, let me know. Of course, all these books should be there in Coffee and Heroes. There's a neat little podcast corner in the store that has all our recommendations including picks on our weekly show, titles we we review for book clubs, and stuff we always bang on about. And of course, hopefully our starting points books will all be there too. And if they aren't, yeah, just give, just give Alan and Vicky a shout because they're cool people and I'm sure they'll be happy to order it in for you. Uh, if you're further afield, we'd appreciate it if you check out your local comic book store and support small businesses during these troubling times. If not, then all these titles are available in a variety of formats and you know where you can get them, all the usual places. But yeah, um, just talked to myself for about 20 odd minutes, so that was interesting. You've got to let me know what you think. That's I think that's pretty much it. That's starting points. So I like I hope it helps and because we, we've all been there and we don't really, sometimes it's really hard to know where to start with something so yeah i hope it helps and uh i'll talk to you soon always remember in space no one can hear you wing it